So in contracts, we finished up our discussion about uh, non-disclosure, well, misrepresentation and non-disclosure. And our last uh, lecture, well, not, le yeah, last lecture, we talked about misrepresentation and really misrepresentation is fraud. And today we talked a lot about how you need to disclose certain things and what you may need to disclose and things like that. So this is all underneath Restatement 161, which is a duty to disclose. And we have a case associated with this. It was Sylvie Jones, where there was termite damage. And it's like, hey, now do we need to disclose in the cell the damage that may have been done by termites uh, through past experience and things like that. And so 161 talks about the four things that a party needs to disclose. So just a quote from that. Uh, Number one, disclosure is necessary to prevent a previous assertion from being a misrepresentation or, fro or from being fraudulent or material. Two, disclosure would correct a mistake of the other party as to a basic assumption to a failure to act in good faith and in accordance with the reasonable standards of fair dealing. Three, the disclosure would correct a mistake of the other party as to the contents or effect of the writing evidencing or embodying an agreement in whole or in part. And four, another person is entitled to know the fact because of a special relationship of trust and confidence between them. So, <clears throat> sorry. In other words, you need to disclose first if there's material information that if you don't disclose it otherwise, it's going to be considered fraudulent. Second, you need to disclose anything mis- understandings that the other party may have, so you need to correct their mistakes about a basic assumption. So in this instance, a basic assumption would be that there's no termite damage. And if they believe that there's no termite damage, but there is termite damage, well, then you need to say there is termite damage. As far as the third thing goes, um, you need to say that if that mistake occurred in writing. And then the fourth thing is if there's a special relationship, and this is going to be a special relationship typically between a spouse or family members, uh, or if there is a special relationship through volunteering, court orders, things like that. And so that's how the restatement works where you need to disclose certain materials. There is a way for people to protect themselves without having to rely on the restatement. Uh, they can either conduct an external investigation as to whether or not, in this instance, termites were there, they can put a clause in there uh, saying that the sellers did not know of any termite issues. Or they can also say that the uh, sellers guarantee that there was no termite damage. And in this instance, that would be an express warranty. And obviously, uh, sellers are less likely to give a warranty rather than just saying, I didn't know or conducting external investigations. We have one more case. This is about restatement uh, 2D of contracts, sections 163. And this is really just defining what's false uh, information and how we understand what fraudulent means. Uh, so pretty much a contract is going to be invalid if it's done through false means. There's five elements that really need to be determined. Uh, first, there's a material representation of fact. Uh, second, that 
material representation is false. Uh, third, and that it was made with the knowledge that it was false. Fourth, is that it was relied on by uh, the per- party who's complaining about the issue. And fifth, is that the misrepresentation actually harmed the complaining party. So just to say, state that simply, I think that's pretty straightforward as it is. But if you lie about something and you know that you lied about it and the other person relied on that lie and then ultimately that reliance ended up harming them, well, then they could have a claim against you based off fraudulent representation. And so that's finishing up our misrepresentation and our non-disclosure, the right to disclose well, the duty to disclose in those situations. Ultimately, the restatements that are governing this is going to be sections 161 through 164. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro, and you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is, if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.